Hey, Adam. Yo. Do you like buildings? I do like buildings. Do you like architecture? I, I have a, my own set of blueprints at home for every building I've ever lived in. Why are we talking so soft? I don't know. Okay. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Why are we whispering and why are we talking about buildings? Well, because we're going to talk about architecture of a solo, which happens to be one of my favorite subjects. Because I'm saying it all the time, (laughs) and I think it's important, and I'm so glad. This is from a listener question, right? Yeah, this is from a listener named Anthony. He says, hi there. In the episodes that you guys have talked about transcribing, you've mentioned the architecture of a solo. Are there any ways of practicing soloing with the clear and logical architecture to it? Or is there something most people intuitively come up with over time? Thank you guys for all the awesome content. So there are actually things you can practice to help with uh, a clear and logical architecture. You know, we have um, a good friend, Sean Jones, was in here, and he had a great lesson on building a solo, the architecture of a solo. He he actually didn't um, sort of metaphorize it. That's not a word. I know what you're saying, though. I like it. (laughs) He didn't use it as a metaphor, uh, like architecture. He actually used uh, a story. Yeah. And I think those similar concepts. But, yeah, there's things you can do to practice that. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's he really goes into specific ways of practicing it and developing it. And I think the last part of the question, you know, does it just happen over time? And it's like one of these things, not necessarily. No, there are some players that can't do it (laughs) in a long time. So I wouldn't say that. Now, you know, if you're listening to – um, it's kind of like learning a language. If you're listening to um, Italian from really good speakers, it's like, are you going to ever learn it just by listening? Not really. I mean, no. you'll pick up a little bit and you'll get better. But if you apply some practice techniques uh, and you're listening to a lot, then you will get both sides. You know, you get the practical kind of development and you'll also get that kind of automatic development just by imitation and stuff. But you got to sort of I think dovetail it with some practical working, you know, real practical things, which we'll try to give you today um, in your practice routine. Yeah, let's break it down a little bit for you, Anthony. So, wicked chicka, wicked chicka, break it down. <laughs> let's take a tune. Just take a, a simple, maybe thirty-two bar tune that you know, or a simple standard like "Autumn Leaves" or "All the Things You Are," or something like that, and and create a map for yourself. Let's create a three-chorus map, mm. right? Three chorus is a pretty standard length for. Any but you say three-chorus. Three choruses. Man, because I'm getting hungry and it's around lunchtime. Oh, I thought you said it's three course. I think the pizza's here too. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> three courses. I was thinking Oof. about a three course lunch. Okay, go ahead. Okay. okay. So, you know, the, by the way, none of this is set in stone. No. Every solo is different. Every building is different. You know, well, you don't have to do anything the there same There are way. some buildings set in stone. Let's be clear about that, though. But, like, I, but I know what you're saying. But this is just a very basic way to kind of structure a solo, and it seems to work pretty much all, all the time. Yep. So you're going to come out boxing. Right. You're going to come out with little jabs. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. No, not, not with the wham, bam. You're going to okay. come out with just a little, oh, little jab. little okay, left sorry. jab. Got it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like a little maybe left jab, right hook. Yeah. You're not going to come out full on like, you're going to come out like this. Shorter phrases. Shorter phrases. Thematic riffing, maybe. You're going to take one theme. Is what I did. So then we can go. Right. Simple, concise. Fun, 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 fun. I'm flipping it around. I'm doing wh- whatever I can think of in You're that rhythm. Flipping it all around. Yeah, I'm changing the intervals. I'm, I'm playing with all of that. And that's going to take you through a good half course, yeah. chorus, even yep. of the whole thing. Yep. Then at the end of that first chorus, 
an event will happen. Yeah. You're going to change it up. You're going to go, chances are the rhythm section is going to go with you. The yep. drummer's going to start playing in so four. A little lengthening of the phrases, yep. a little more, um, well, you wouldn't say, I mean, you're already kind of rhythmically precise and stuff, but you're lengthening the phrases, a little more thematic. A right? little more thematic. You're going to start, like you said, lengthening those phrases a little bit. Really, this is where you're kind of in the meat, you're in the development towards the end of the second chorus as you're kind of you're done shadow boxing you're actually playing like real you know good length rhythmic phrases towards that end of your second chorus you're going to start building a little tension towards the end right Mm -hmm. to to kind of push you over the hump to that third chorus because we don't want the other people you're playing with to think that maybe you're only taking two right you don't want to like end it yeah you want to you want to keep going so you want to kind of start building up some kind of repetitive phrase maybe or maybe start you know, changing the harmony if you're a piano player to something a little more diminished-y or diminished-y. Yep. Yeah. And, and really kind of go over the top if you're a cyclist on a mountain. You're going over the top to into that, that third chorus. Into that third yeah, chorus. Yeah, I like it. And now you're burning. Yep. Now is when you can kind of like release the hounds a little bit. Yep. And now this third chorus. Smithers, <laughs> release the hounds. <laughs> this third chorus can kind of become almost like a little microcosm of the whole solo. Because you're going to release hounds, you're going to go for it, but then... Michael Cosm, isn't he an Italian jazz musician? Yeah. Michael Cosm. Okay. You're going you're gonna to do these little mini building. This third chorus is like you're going for it, long streams, tension, and uh, release throughout. Probably a lot of interaction. A lot of interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm playing the piano, if everything's kind of built up properly, I can just do something like... And the drummer is going crazy, yep. and the crowd's on their feet. If right. I'm doing it right, oh, we're know? going best case scenario. We're on going this best solo. case. Like <laughs> jazz club packed. It's one a.m. Everybody's wasted. <laughs> no, uh, and then you know, I, there's a there's a million ways to end a solo, but you know, if we're going like sort of the basic structure, end on the melody. Some kind of like like the last kind of four the eight last bar. four yeah, yeah. bars. Quote the melody. It doesn't have to be exactly like that, but like you. You know, you're telling everybody the tune. Put a little bow on it. Put a little bow on it. Uh, sorry, I kind of hijacked this episode, but no, I, I I like it. And what you just did was describe truly the architecture of a solo. That's it. You know. Yeah. I mean, even in, in, in your description, in terms of like the building of it and 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 the arc of it, and then I think what makes it, you know, the architecture of the music is that linking up of the form. So when you mentioned like at the end of the first chorus was sort of the first time when you go into the longer phrases, get a little more confident thematically yep. that, you know, that's really attuned to the listener and the other musicians, the form, the fact that the form is cycling at that time. So the listener might not know, oh, this is a 32-bar form, but they actually feel that because yeah. you've set up the pattern already when you play the melody or they know the tune or they know a 32-bar form. You know, kind of like people listen to the blues all the time and don't know what it is, whether it's in rock and roll, blues, R&B, jazz, or whatever. But people know it. They don't know what any – they couldn't name you one chord. They feel it, though. They feel it, exactly. Um, So this is a great thing in terms of architecture. just like when you're building something. You don't have to know anything about architecture to look at a building and know how to get into it. You look for the door. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that's how you go in. And you don't have to know if you see stairs that you have to walk up because you've been to other buildings and stuff. So you're yeah. taking the audience's expectations and then you're giving a framework, which is really what that architecture is, for you to navigate them through it. Yeah. Um, but the challenge always with jazz music is that we're doing it, we're improvising it every time. So this right. is a framework, but what, so what you've done now is you've given some great elements to practice and to work on in a conscious way, I think, with this example. And look, we could give 10 other different possible there's, ways. There's a million ways to do it, yeah. yeah. 
but now you've got ways to practice and to really think about it. So in terms of what you practice, that's what you do. You would take this as like Adam's number one way to practice, and you might do five solos over five different tunes or even over one tune where you're going to follow that exact pattern. Now, he's not telling you, you're not telling them what notes to play. No. You're telling them how to play it, right. you know, how to structure it. Yeah. So now you're going to fit your soul into that structure, and you're going to start to learn how to do that. And then ultimately, when you're getting, well, I think what you want to get to, and I think in the question sort of alludes to this, is like in the future when, you, when it just happens. It will just start to just yeah, happen. you'll just feel it because you've, you've done the repetition. Yeah, and yeah. then you'll even, like, I'm still discovering, although I know quite a few different possible architectures of three-chord solos or five-chords or whatever it is, yeah. um, I'm always amazed that there's really an infinite different ways to structure a solo. Yeah. I always think, like, man, every way has been played, or I feel like I've played every way. And so... But when you're open to kind of the development, it's almost like you're designing the building as you go. Yeah, yeah. Then you really, and then listening to what's happening around you to the moment, it almost feels like there's an infinite different way, ways to do it well. There are. And we should reiterate, this is just a way to practice. Like Peter Martin's not up here saying like, all right, I have three courses. I'm going to build tension at the end of what, I, you know, you've done this now so much and practiced, you know, building and, and constructing a solo and have so much experience in it. Like you said, it just flows. There's a million different ways. Yeah. You just have a feel for it. You can, you know, when you get good at this, you could actually start reading your other musicians. Yeah. You can start reading the audience. Yeah. You know, and you can really hold off if you feel like you can get away Intellectual with it. Intellectual jazz lover in, 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 in row four. Let me attune to that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're like, that guy looks like a nerd. I'm going to play right to him. Uh, but, you know, um, I think the another key thing that I like what you said is the structure of it. You know, use what's given to you too these yeah. forms are kind of ready-made for this kind of thing yeah use those cadences at the end of the form to set up tension you know you talked about maybe you know we're not talking about notes but like really use like a diminished sound you can the blues scale is a great way to sort of make a statement and, yeah. and to to put a period on the end of a chorus it's like a building a, a type of building material a certain type of window that at the appropriate time you can always pull out as part of your architecture totally and the, yeah it's a building block it's 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 just another you know, it's a harmonic element, but you combine it with a rhythmic element. I mean, we've got those are the kinds of things to really get conscious about, to listen to yourself as you practice and use them, certainly as you learn them and are able to play them in different situations. And then I, I think a big part of, of being able to pull it off in, in a way, you know, live, like what you're talking about without having to think about this, but to still have a great architecture, not is that you have to concentrate so much. So much. Like when we're playing, it's not that we know how to do this very well so and i mean look i've I've sat there and played with christian mcbride and watched him come up with some amazing solos and he is concentrating but he's not thinking about i'm gonna do three chords and i'm gonna build it no. up that part's coming naturally but he also understands the form so well that he can fit that in without having to think consciously about that part of it right. so until you get to the point where you really know these tunes you're all, you are gonna have to concentrate on that as well which is fine yeah. and repetition and concentration in your practice will lead you to the promised land that's right you know, keep experimenting, experimenting with your own ways of developing tension and your own punctuation that you put on the forms. Always keep the form at the forefront of your architecture. That's going to save you a lot of, of, you know, headache and trying to figure things yeah. out. You're just, it's, if you do it right, if you can mark the form correctly and build appropriately with your phrase length, it kind of just happens. That's right. You know, but uh, try that, try that three chorus technique. It's one uh, I've used before and uh, one I know Sean Jones has talked about. So good. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, and if anybody has a question for us or a, a lesson uh, episode topic you'd like to suggest, you can go to you'll hear com. That's right. Get yourself a t-shirt get on our mailing list. We have a weekly newsletter where we, uh, 
tell you what's coming up. We offer uh, links to maybe some Are we offering that by snail mail, or is, or is that purely electronic? Yeah, so Rachel, she licks stamps all week long <laughs> just to send out the newsletter at, on every Friday. No. But then we end up doing it by email at the last minute because it's just so much more <laughs> efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time. You'll hear it. 